Welcome to the Oakcrest Podcast Channel. Oakcrest School in Vienna, Virginia challenges girls in grades 6 to 12 to develop their intellect, character, faith, and leadership potential to thrive in college and throughout their lives. On today's podcast, Head of School Dr. Mary T. Ortiz reflects on forgiveness, what it is, why it's important, and how we can practice it in our everyday lives. I wanted to start a, a deep topic on a light note, and this is why I have my friend Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was given this by Angela Fortunato, um, who taught here for many years. So Tom, um, Tom Brady, I'm from Boston, I'm a Tom Brady fan. Um, anyway, he retired, right? Um, and I was looking at some of the uh, articles about it, but um, there was a, a clip, the reaction of a Boston sports writer um, to this message of the fact that he did not mention the Patriots in his 900-word retirement statement has really galled a, a lot of New Englanders, right? And this sports writer, I was going to say, he said, I think he said, I think this is petty, tactless, and childish. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you know, he said, this great athlete has been acting like a 13 year old for the last two years. Um, so the, the message is, as we know, that some people have clearly not forgiven him for leaving the Patriots. They're just understandable. Um, but not, not forgiven him for not mentioning the Patriots 20 years. You don't mention us in your retirement statement. So they're, they're suffering, they're tortured. I, I understand. I actually understand this. Um, but anyway, it was just, I, I thought it was a, an interesting, funny way. Um, so in our life, okay, so it may not be, you know, maybe it's Tom Brady who got this grudge against this difficult thing, you know, well, how could you do this? But obviously, if something more serious, I mean, we can, it's part of life, right? Forgiving a wrong done to us, I would say even perceived or real, um, really, it challenges us on a regular basis. I think we could all say that, right? Um, forgiving someone really deeply and sincerely for a true, a true um, suffering, for something truly that the, some, the person has inflicted upon you or upon someone you love deeply, right? Um, that act of forgiveness, when we see that, like it's like another person forgives someone, this thing, it's, it's got to be one of the highest and most beautiful acts of the human person. Right? I think we could, if we could all say that. Uh, but it's like such nobility that the human person is capable of rising to, right? Um, I mean, again, I'm thinking about like, what we know about it. Obviously, it's, it, it, there's a lot of interior work that we, we may never know that someone has forgiven another person you know, that's with, between them and God. But when we know of something, like it's you know it's evident. Um, I think I was thinking, what does it look like? I mean, it's like soaring interior strength. I mean, it's it's evidence of amazing interior strength, of amazing interior freedom on the part of. Uh, I was looking at again the part of the person who's forgiving. Great freedom and of course amazing love. Right? We could we could we could say that. Um, so in a way, I was thinking, you know, it's such a, it is true, it's one of the most beautiful acts that a human being is capable of doing. Um, and it's, it's good for us to contemplate, you know, beautiful human moral action um, in our lives, to contemplate that, right? 
And then as beautiful as that is, right, we can also see that holding um, resentment and a grudge and, you know, that lack of forgiveness um, is also, it is ugly, right? I mean, and again, I'll get to, don't worry, I'm going to get to where we all are. <laughs> so we can be like, oh gosh. But we can see like tremendous beauty and we can also see real ugliness, moral ugliness, if you will, right? Um, and I think we're so used to in this culture um, athletic beauty. Um, I'm going to get Josh's down athletic daughters. But, um, you know, it's, it's, and it's good. I mean, at least that's something. It's wonderful. You know, you, and, and we all know, you know, those moments of people like flying over this, you know, and you're like, oh my gosh, what is the human body? You know, so much work and so it's just quite beautiful. Um, but, you know, but really, the really amazing, we should, it's good for us to think and kind of conjure up more like examples of great moral, um, spiritual, interior human beings. That is, the human person is the, person is the only one, you know, made in the image and likeness of God. That is a true beauty. So, um, we have the ultimate example of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Um, I'm going to stop there for a few minutes. I think the agony on the cross is is really like the first place we always want to go. And I was looking at the verbs that we can put with, with the suffering. Um, the verbs are really powerful. Like, I mean, he was betrayed. And I guess we can think about our own lives when we've been hurt or suffered, you know. But like, think about all of these things that were done to him. I mean, obviously the physical is, is mind-boggling, right? But the betrayal. And we can think of our, you know, ourselves if we ever felt, like some of us maybe have never been betrayed, but maybe we've been betrayed like a minor, or we think it was betrayed. But again, a true betrayal is like pretty rare, right? But anyway, misunderstood, and that's just daily fare, right? Um, lied about, lied about, to have your action, you know, that is fake, right? To be mocked. And we can feel our own fallen human nature when if you've ever had someone gently tease you and you're like, well, I don't like that very much. Um, you realize, oh my gosh, he seriously ridiculed me and mocked me. Like, terrible, right? So he, this, was, this was the example where it's surrounded by hatred. And then we see also his mother, right, Mary, um, by her very presence is, all, is, is well, he, his words, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And we think about that, we're like, the next statement probably would have been like, um, they would not do this if they knew. Right? Like, wow. They would like to believe that about someone. You would not do this if you really knew what you were doing. Like, that's like an amazing place. Um, I mean, that's odd, right? But Our Lady is saying the same thing. I mean, we all know that she's going, she's a co-redemptress, right? So. She, by her very presence, and by the fact that she's not yelling at people <coughs> and trying to attack them, right? Her very her presence, and it's always pointed out that she stood by by the cross, right, in silence. I mean, that standing is a kind of crucifixion, right? Just to stand and not do what any other human being might want to do, just to you know, in sort of justice, to retaliate all of that, right? So, and we know that his friend, friends of our Lord throughout the centuries, um, 
right, the martyrs, the saints, have found access to this power of love uh, and forgiveness, right, that they've, they've found their way to that and they've emulated him um, in, that, in this um, stance, if you will, this way, um, and showing mercy to their persecutors, right? Um, and I was thinking, even though the martyrs are martyrs because they, they've died for the faith, right? It's an example of, like, they, but it's incompatible with um, not having mercy on their persecutors, right? We've never seen them, you know, like, they've died for the faith, and they're like, I'm going to get you guys back. <laughs> it's just incompatible, right? So they, they obviously, by the nature, they are forgiving. Um, but I was thinking, we know so many states, I mean, from the apostles, right? Eleven of, what is it? Not Judas, not St. John, obviously not Judas, but not St. John. The rest of them were martyred, um, are martyrs. So, but I thought there's so many, I think it's interesting to think about so many friends of Christ throughout the centuries um, have also forgiven, and we don't know that necessarily, right? Like, how many heroic, I mean, the, the unknown saints, if you will, right? That they're not the public canonized ones, but have many acts of forgiveness um, through the centuries, even I'm saying like right now, right, there are holy people right here, right, you know, and, and like they're, they're, they're living this, this beautiful example of, of forgiving. Um, and I was just thinking like people that don't retaliate, I don't know why I thought about the East German police, the Stasi, I've seen them, you know, people that were turned in and betrayed um, and then didn't retaliate. You know, with neighbors or different people or whatever, um, they forgave. Those those acts that maybe no one will ever know of, I mean, certainly if God knows about them, um, they're amazing. But, so we have, there are so many examples known and like we could just kind of imagine, if you will, um, and they're true. Okay, so then we going forward, the girl here, everything that we think about, um, you know, we're trying to show, live, pray for, and help the students, of course, I mean, that's essential, right? But um, different ways, different places in the curriculum, different theme, uh, examples that girls will come across, of course, they are central, right? But even some of the, I know, along the way, the things that girls have read, um, I know the hiding place was on, it's probably on the enrichment list, great story to read about the Dutch sisters um, who were taken into a concentration camp and then later did a lot of, Corey Tambu did a lot of work on forgiveness. And it was a very amazing story. Some of you probably remember she was giving a speech, everybody has read this, on forgiveness, I think it was in the church in Munich. That marvelous speech and a man approached her who had been a guard in the camp that she was in, and it's just amazing to read. After giving this speech, she sees in the flesh a person, you know, and, and it's, it's so powerful, and she did, he, he reached out his hand, and she for a moment was like, I cannot do this. You know, and she goes through, I mean, she's, but she prays, and she gets the grace, and she said this, like, current of warmth went through her hand to his hand. I mean, it's like, um, you know, you're just like, Bye. so high level. Immaculate Ilavagiza, who was a graduation speaker here in 2008. I came, I heard her. She also came back and spoke to the girls. Left to tell, amazing, right? A Rwandan um, suffered in the Rwandan genocide. Struggled with. She omitted the 
part of the Our Father, and she would pray that Gregory Alton, who was trapped in this bathroom, could not say, you know, I, the forgiveness part, the whole battle with that, but eventually tremendous, right? John Paul II meeting the, these men who tried to kill him, the assassin in jail, um, and not only tried to kill him, but inflicted, you know, incredible suffering on him. We tend to go over, like, he, he made it, he didn't die, it's true, but the physical sufferings that, that what it did to him was quite damaging and lasting in terms of, so, but here he is, of course, you know, forgiving this man. So we want to fill our storehouse with great, with the truth, with really, but with great examples, uh, near and far, of this, um, I think it's really important we have those. So I just this swing, and I hope it's not too much of a dive off the cliff, but we always come to ourselves. Now let's go really down to, and, and please keep some humor with this, right? We hold a grudge if somebody comes in front of us and lies. I mean, and that these people were like that too. I mean, it's the human condition, right? So we should not be too hard on ourselves, and I'll get to that. Um, somebody called us a name in 4 3. We can still think about that. I can think about that. The boy called me a sloth because I got glasses and we read that they have their poor sight for everyone called sloths or sloths. And he turned to me and said, You're a sloth. So, Jeffrey Scandal, I will get you back. Your day of reckoning will come. Um, I already, I'll tell you what I did with him this sometime, but I know. It was just verbal. It was in sixth grade. Um, Hey, so we do, or and I mean, we should be in this normal place, right? I've given us soaring examples of like Olympic athletes, but we're not, and, and they weren't either at some point, right? They're, they're human. Very important to keep that in mind, right? But um, you know, somebody writes me at the classic a mean email. I think it's good to go over what you know. Never sent me a thank you note uh, for that meal that I prepared with a ton of sacrifice. You know. Um, completely misinterpreted my generous like all the things that just like, ooh, and I thought that maybe you know, but maybe, you know, you wake up at 3.30 in the morning, fist clenched, I will, you know, whatever. So, like, this is our world, this is all in human nature. We're not afraid of it. We, we need to, actually, you can't be divine unless you're very, you can't go very high unless you're really not good to start way up there. It won't work. And it will be a problem. So let's really get down. So learning to forgive, and that's what I'm going to give you points of. It's, a, it's part of a talk that I, simple, I give a talk every year to the juniors on their retreat and the seniors. So I go out to Longley. I've been doing this for 12 years, actually, but I really honed this talk maybe some years ago, eight years ago. And the talk is seven things. If you want to be happy, like, try to do seven things. That's kind of it. It's the happiness talk. But it's seven points that I've read. And one of them is learn, no surprise, learn to forgive. Okay, learn to forgive. So I've got three things here. It's, why do I say that it is fundamental to our happiness? Okay? Um, a soul that, will, that holds on to grudges, anger, resentment, it's, it's, incom it's somewhat incompatible with actually. Christ living in that soul, but we're just let's just take the happiness, and we all know this. We, we everybody's traveled this path, right? So, and I was thinking, when we carry, this is what, so what I'm saying is, when we carry a resentment, a grudge, I mean, and I understand there are different levels with all of us. There's the, I'm, you know, whatever, and then there, there, every once in a while, there are, there are all I call it like a, 
I call them big ones sometimes. That's a wing digger. I mean, it's just <laughs> really big. Most of them are pretty small, medium, and every once in a while there's like the Moby Dick, you know, the people, we all can take a deep breath. That is huge, right? But most of them are members. So I said, other girls, we don't want to be enslaved. They, we, um, when we carry anger, resentment, lack of forgiveness, it's like I was thinking, it's like your soul, you know, it's, is it your soul were kidnapped and held for ransom? It's just held for ransom. Somebody else has it, and it's, it's enslaved, right? And then I thought about, I, I know it's got to be Aretha Franklin, natural woman, great tune, right? She said, my soul is in a lost and found, and you came along to claim it. I mean, great line, right? Um, it could be that, like, my soul is, is kidnapped, it's, it's not, and it's, that's not good, right? I'm not, um, it's, it's out there, and, and not in a good place, right? So three points, but, and they're, each one is kind of chunky. Um, but the, and I do share versions of this with the girls. So the first one, the big one, remember nothing else, is to say, um, it's a grace. Forgiveness is beyond us. I find that very helpful and comforting. And you'll have people who say, I don't know why. Why can't I forgive, you know? Or it keeps coming back. It just keeps attacking me. It attacks me, and I can't do it. And it's great to know you can't do that. It is, forgiveness is supernatural. It's, it's, it's something of the divine. Um, so take a deep, I mean, I'm not letting it go, but you can't do that. Um, it's very good to know our weakness so we're not fighting long battles. I think this is one of them. Like, it's not, um, we, we not, we're not capable without grace of doing something that is supernatural. Um, and to really look at it that way, right? Um, and I think it's good in general, weakness is um, to understand, we, to understand weakness in the light of faith in God is really, really good. If we only look at weakness in terms of I gotta do this better. We can really be in the wrong path, right? So to follow me, um, we want to see weakness in the light of the love of God and faith, and then we can go. We can get. We can go. We can get strong. If we see our own weakness as a human failure, like there's something wrong with me, I've got to pull myself up by my bootstraps, and I'm gonna get this. Um, we're not. It's not worth but it's, it's just, it's kind of, I don't know, many ways of saying it. it's a dead end, really. Um, well, we see like my weakness or the weakness of this person is a human failure, we gotta fix it. We gotta fix that. It's not, it's not really gonna work. Okay. Uh, we, or we gotta work we have to avoid it. We just have to avoid that. You know, like, well, we're never gonna work, right? I mean, we've all tried all of these until we get it at work. Um, but we can really kind of damage ourselves, I think, spiritually, psychologically, and emotionally. There's a lot to be said about that. Like, when you're just trying to like, fix something, avoid something, and you keep going in that way, not good. It's just not good. I like to think it's like you haven't digested something, right? You just haven't, and we kind of find out, like, it's, it's gonna be, it's just gonna be a problem. But that's like, no, no need to worry, right? Um, but, so that's important that we recognize this is a grace. This is supernatural. This is not a human problem, really entirely. 
I need, I need the right tools, right? Because we all know when we're going at something with the wrong tool, it's not going to work, right? Um, so, and I was thinking, so, but to really recognize that it's real, this is a real, the lack of forgiveness, resentment, grudge, all that, um, needs to be dealt with spiritually, supernaturally. It needs to be prayed through, it needs to be worked through. Um, again, otherwise, again, my point, it, it can enslave, it can contract, it can embitter, it makes a person bitter sometimes. Uh, it can kind of twist the person. I think it's good to see that. Um, Saint Teresa said one time, he said, like, kind of like, if you haven't really faced things, and they can be anything, they can be like a, like a hurt, you know, something like your pride was hurt, he said, it can make the soul say, sour. I thought that was a great, you know, and sometimes we do feel it, but there's just like this like, sourness in, in me that's gotten that. Um, so anyway, or it can, it can twist. And this is from a book that says, one who suffers in his body means happy, so long as his soul is healthy. But one whose soul is sick can never be addressed, no matter how well he may be in body. And we do know holy, we know that people who are physically ill, that they are healthy, more or less, in their soul. And then the opposite, right? Healthy body, but that soul is not well. So we have to see this as this is a spiritual illness in myself and others, and it requires that kind of treatment, right? So with this topic, say I'm still on number one, we need prayer. What are the spiritual tools, right? The Our Father, again, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass. We need, we need. Um, our world, we need scripture, we need, we need to ponder and let it sink in the examples that we need, right? Our, our, our Lord is a great teacher and he knows us so well. And it is efficacious going over and over in our prayer and our just knowing, and I think that the Lord also go to Mass, but you're hearing, you're hearing the gospel every day. You may be like, and in fact, we're all, you know, every Sunday, you know, you're in various states of distraction entire. I mean, God is so good, you're like, I don't know what's going on. But it is efficacious. The Word of God is going in, and you're like, oh my gosh. Like, it's God. He's working on um, it. So all of those things, the measure you measure out, how many times we hear those things like, oh no, shoot. I've, I've given somebody like a teaspoon, and I'm going to face the teaspoon myself. I mean, that's what it, you know. So then we know that, right? Um, be merciful to every car, whatever. I read, again, this morning just quickly, um, the 70 times 7, you know, Peter, poor Peter was like, oh, please don't tell me, I got, you know, how many times, it's so great, and, and he's like so sad, probably like, I cannot do this, I say, I don't, I can't even say it, I can't even walk in the time of 7 times 7, um, but, and the Lord gives that great, he's doing it on some, it's almost comical, I mean, I'm not going to about him, but like, the king of heaven is the king who settled accounts, remember? Um, the seven, and this man owed so much, and the king is moved to mercy, and it's all this drama. He's like, Thank you so much, you've given me so much mercy. But the servant went out, and he met somebody else who owed him money, right? And less. And he's without a drop of mercy. And the poor fellow servants, they're like shocked and scared. They go to the king, like, Oh my gosh, 
But anyway, meaning that, it's like that is, our Lord knows, as a, that's human nature, as fallen human nature. We're forgiven by God and like we turn around. And, you know, he, so anyway, scripture, um, being taught, to pray about the passion, right? And again, this is, we're, we're in good shape, we're really ahead of Lent. The lens through which to view everything, view all of our trials and tribulations through that lens. How clarifying, right? Um, John Paul II described, I love this, he said, the love of God, he said, it's love without limit, without hesitation, without constraint. Like it's just super abundant. Um, I mean, that's, and that's, we get that. So that's the measure. Again, we're like, oh my gosh, that's what we're getting all the time. And, you know, that's the measure. We need regular infusions of grace, infusions. I mean, food and medicine, like, and that's what's so helpful. Again, the girls are just living in this. Food is the Eucharist, right? Medicine is in the sacrament of confession, and we can receive those two sacraments many times because we need them with children. We need regular infusions of what well, we need to eat regularly, and we need to do this, right? So that's fantastic, and it does change us. It does heal us. Um, bearing wrongs patiently and forgiving others are spiritual works of mercy. They are in essentially Christ-like actions. Um, and again, they're only possible with grace. So the good, the good thing here is we see clearly, we need to see clearly what we need and how we are totally in need of these things to be able to even do this, right? On small things, even uh, big things. Um, and that's really clarifying. Yep, we have to know that. I was thinking, like, it's sort of like with gymnastics. Um, like, you could, I don't know, maybe I could never do anything. I can't do a cartwheel. I can't do anything. I could do a somersault. I could never be able to balance me. <laughs> sort of like that. And we need to do these things in gym. And that's why, like, why do they make us try to do these things? But anyway, never be it. So you see the difference. Second thing, okay, so it's grace. It's the world of grace. And that's very hopeful. And that's what I'm going to say. It's very hopeful for all of us um, to be able to do this. We were to need to work on self. The second is working on self-knowledge and growing in virtue. And what happens is that we become less judgmental and therefore we need to forgive less. Really. And this is where we actually can work on things. I mean, we actually work on grace too, but that's, that's a different realm. Um, See, Nurse Maria, the way is if you, somebody said once, I'm going to say this a little bit too long, this is by St. Nurse Maria, he is a, a, I sat beside this, um, I think he was a, he was a pre, he was a monk or something, and he was in the Franciscan Renewal, which is from, anyway, I sat beside this young guy playing in, in robes, and he was just a lovely. And I mentioned um, it was day, and he said, I know it was day. He said, I love the way. He said, but you've got to be tough. Mm -hmm. That stuff is so hard to take. I'm like, you're absolutely right. I mean, get ready when you pick this up. I mean, he is very, he's a saint, but he's, he's Spanish, and he's tough. And so don't pick it up if you don't, if you, you might, you might, so I go into like, four, on the fourth point, my feelings are hurt. I mean, whatever, they're just hurt. I'm like, thanks, I'm really hurt. Whatever. So, uh, 198, um, let me see if I get it. Oh yeah, these are the savior, it's under mortification, which is like, get it. 
These are the beautiful, these are the savory fruits of the mortified soul. Just the soul who lives self-denial. These are the fruits. Tolerance and understanding toward the defects of others, intolerance toward his own. This is very basic, like centuries of theology. If you work on yourself, basically, you see less in others. You see you're less critical of others, right? And that's the sort of like, hey, don't worry about taking that tiny little thing out of your brother's eye. You've got this beam in your own. It's that. But when you put it into practice, it's very interesting, right? Um, it's really great. And I give you examples of a couple people. Um, I older, I mean, my older brother, not Michael, his twin. I don't want to say things about Michael here because he's in the area. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. But, um, but his twin, Stephen, started going to fashion more regularly. He was a young, he was like 23, 24. And he's like, oh, this is great. This is actually really helpful. I'm going to fashion. I like it. I'm getting into this. Um, and this is exactly how he talks. But he said, I noticed, he told me, he said, I can't criticize other people as much as I used to. And he said, I used to be really good at it. <laughs> I used to, like, he was like, I used to kind of, like, enjoy it. Like, and think it was, like, a good, not enjoy it, but, like, he's very analytical. You know, the people are like, I'm good at this. I can do this. And he's like, I, I can't do it as much. Like, I'm not as happy. I'm not enjoying this. It's not very good. And because I'm, basically, I'm like, I'm not that great myself. Like, I actually have got a lot of things. So the formula is I'm, I'm, I want to be less tolerant, less easy on myself, and easier on others. When the other, when it's the other way around, there's not it's a problem, right? You know, and that's the armchair general, you know, in all of us. Like, you should do that. Um, that's really, you're not doing that well, that's really easy on you. But when you actually get in the ring and start practicing, you're like, um, my mother, one of my aunts used to say, I'm like, my mother, we had, there were six, my mother had six kids, one child died, at five. And my aunt used to say, oh, it's, I have two, and sort of it's the same. Two, whatever, it doesn't really matter, five. And I could tell she was doing it. Well, I don't think that's really. Anyway, so you can, like, anyway, people are telling you things, and you're like, you don't really know what you're talking about. But anyway, we're not armchair generals. Um, a mentor here, and I'm going to wrap up in a few minutes, said it was great. She did an experiment. She was trying to teach the girls how to limit their time on the phone. And this is early on in phones. And she said, I tried it myself. I shut off my phone at five. I didn't look at it. And she said, this is the very beginning. And she said, it's And she had been like, telling her mentees, and this one, and you do this, and try this, and then she did it. She was like, oh my gosh, no idea. Really good. So working on ourselves is really key. So that examination of conscience, and you begin seeing, no idea, um, taking stock. It's, you begin to see more and more in this truth, not so much how other people hurt us, offend us, but we begin seeing more and more, it's just the light of face. Oh my gosh, other people put up with me. Like, they didn't really see that that much. Uh, or as clearly, they actually help me a lot. They actually tolerate a lot of things in me. It's a, it's a change that is fascinating. It's grace, it's reality, it's truth. We're seeing ourselves 
Um, not in, as a friend of mine said, the, the funny how the, the warped mirror of pride and vanity. We see, you know, that, that like, weird, and that's human, that's original sin. We don't see clearly. God understands that, but he's giving us the means. I want you to see the truth, because it's freeing, because it's good, all of that stuff. So it's really, really important. Um, and I will tell you too, Santa Maria, I think, okay, this is a line from the book, a sense of humor is the acquired ability to see contrasts and inconsistencies in life, especially in your own life, and be amused by them. Sense of humor is a sign of psychological health. It really is. I would talk about this more like, I'm just using an example. Hitler was not, probably did that sense of humor. I mean, I mean it's not right, Stalin, and people were not known for that. I mean, Anyway, that's a tremendous, but I use the, I'm very dramatic, that's why I think it's real school. Um, no, but I mean, yeah, this humor is like, do you get it? Like, and they would be like, oh, she gets it. Well, the thing, do you get who you are, that you are a creature, you are fallen, like, God is God, you know. So you measure that. Sense of humor is really important, but to see, like, here I am, the classic, you know, you've probably done this at home, you've tell, told everybody, you must do this, and then somebody's like, you know, yeah, no, no, that's really funny. I mean, it's funny. It has, you know, but Sam's very classifying. Um, he got really angry one time, and then it said this, and he ran into, kidding not, I think I was in the 30s, the 40s, he went into a photo booth and took, had pictures taken of his himself angry. <laughs> Which is, you know, what is that? And he held me, he was like, this, you look ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. And I mean, I did share that with you because, we probably hurt ourselves, you know, when we get on our high horse and could record that. Sometimes you're like, that is, you know what I mean? You get into that mode and you're speaking in this mode. It's like a Shakespearean, you know, you're like, this is ridiculous. I mean, in light of what is really true. So anyway, I thought that was great. That's it. So, so keep, and my last is, is love. And again, St. Osborne, he said this great line, he was a man who had a lot to forgive. I mean, it's just historical. Um, and he said, I never, I did not learn, need to learn how to forgive because I learned how to love. You're like, it sounds very initial, like, oh, that's great. I'm just going to love other people. I don't know. And it's, it's not, right? So, much deeper, quick things. Charity is a supernatural virtue. We, again, supernatural, we, we should beg for it. We can work at it, and we'll talk about that, but we primarily need to say, you've got to give this to me. And it's a great place to be. We all know how to ask for things, right? So mass and prayer, like it's a cat, it's the capital virtue. It fuels everything. We can never say this enough, right? And in, in fact, when we're, when we're called to meet our Lord, that is really, and he said it, it's the measure, right? And I think that's kind of just like, get ready to be insane. You're like, what's really going to matter? And to think about all the things that don't matter. Anyway, that's a whole subject of prayer. But So that's it. Starting always with how much we are loved. We don't want to start with like, I need to love more. I need to love more. What's wrong with me? I've got to love more. I mean, that's good and true. But we, the starting point is God loved us first. And we need to look for that. We need to find it. We need to marinate ourselves in the love of God. And that's just the starting point. Because the other thing is pretty, you don't make it very far. Like, I need to love, I need to love, and will love. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm just going to go <laughs> I'm not that great. Um, but the other is infinite, right? Because it's just, so you, we need to, the great, and that's the great revolution. 
of Christianity, right? The central thing is this. It's not that we need to love more. It's that we are first love. This is a line from St. Thomas Aquinas. Christ's sacrifice was more than sufficient to enable the human race to attain the beatific vision in eternity. Like, that, you hear, the love is just endless, right? It achieves So, without that, that's what happens. So, really key. Um, and I love, I mean, I've had, so I'll show you this at the end. The, well, okay, this kind, the hidden power of kindness. We read this one summer, faculty and staff. And every, many people look at this and they're like, I'm okay, I'm kind of. <laughs> uh, make no mistake about it. It's, you will pick this up and you're like, as, on page two, you're like, I thought it was nothing. I failed the kindness test miserably. And we used to joke, you sometimes like, you can get so mad, you're like, I just want to throw the hidden <laughs> I just want to throw the kindness book at somebody. Um, but it's really awesome. I, these are my notes, but okay, it's just, just so good. The author said, begin by being rich in charitable thoughts. The constant exercise of thinking kindly and excusingly of those who annoy or cross or pain you will, will put you well on the, less, on the way to lessening your faults against charity. An overflowing surplus of charitable thoughts will make you more charitable in the word and act. So where I am now is like fight the battle far away from the, you know, um, you don't want to be fighting on like, ooh, you want to be like way back. So that one I think is just go in there, begin with your thoughts, flood your mind, heart, and soul with these thoughts. I call it get the vinegar out, replace it with honey. Every time that vinegar starts coming in and all honey comes in, you're like, no, no, no. Um, making excuses regularly for people. Father Ron, our chaplain, who had been here for 30 years, he's in heaven now, he used to say, and we all know, he said, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got their story. That can be helpful to ponder when you're being beaten up by a Starbucks person, or, I don't know, whatever, or, or a relative, but something, and you're like, oh my gosh, here it comes. Um, everybody's got their story. I'm making excuses for people seeking to understand. Um, it's called Catching the Little Foxes. That's from the Old Testament. Catch the little foxes before they destroy the vineyard. It's the little foxes that, and they can, you've got to catch them so they don't build up until one day you really big a lot to forgive, right? So all the little foxes of judgment, criticism, getting back at people in petty ways. Um, you know, the classic, like, oh my gosh, I'm really thinking about how I'm going to retaliate. I've got some creative ideas on retaliation I'm working on. You're like, oh no, 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 no. That's a little fox, gotta get that. Keeping score, all of that, so you're catching these. Um, so that, and this is the end, when something harder comes along, as I mentioned in the beginning, we're not in control of God's providence. It may be that there's, you know, I kind of call it like every five years, every 10, 15, but who knows when something like, whoa, this is really big. In our lives, we're the, Lives of the people we love, our friends, etc. We're we can we are closer to Christ. That's it. We're we're in the game. We we have more strength, supernatural strength, more practice in bearing wrongs patiently, in forgiving. You know, the, the human and the supernatural is is a little. We may not think it, but is actually more uh, poised to receive and to and to act this way in forgiveness. 
And then we can begin turning this only, that's where like the babies and the saints like, oh my gosh, you're asking me to carry the cross. Like this is not just about me forgiving, but it's actually asking me to, to co-redeem, as we think, to, to carry. And that, I'll leave it at this point, it's big in the material life of saints, a sign of the sign of big person for him. And he would say, over it, like, I want to sign this in me. I want to have to carry the cross. I want, and they would sometimes say to our Lord, I, it's too heavy for me. You be signed and signing for me. So they would, he would do this thing, which is really great. That's what friendship is, right? Like, I just can't do this. And so a little, like, switch off here. You help me. That is a, I mean, it's a very high level, um, but the quotient is as love goes up, being loved and loving, the need to forgive does go down. You know, it doesn't mean it's less painful, but the journey, it is the need to, it, because we become part of Christ's family, we, we hit for his friend and we see meaning, um, and even a task and a mission. There are maybe people that see, like, my mission in physical suffering and moral suffering is to, is to, Offer up to co-redeem to help the world, to help souls. Um, we can think about young people right now. How many? There's a lot of suffering. We need to bear that for a lot. You know, it's going to go on and on. So it becomes rich in meaning, um, and it's a good path. So I'll, uh, and some tips. Hidden power of kindness is great. This book, um, The Yes of Jesus Christ by Pope Benedict XVI. I mean, it's an unbelievable, it's just, I've written all of this, I love this book. Um, he has a great passage on the sign of sign of the many things. Um, I'm going to give a plug from Michael Ortiz's book, like, like the first morning. It's really good. I pick it up different times, I'm like, oh my god, it's really good. I like the first morning, good old morning. And then, I think this is out of print, but maybe we could get it back. Patience, the path to victory. Because most of us are, I love the author said, what we need is long suffering. It, the um, forward, patience, like fortitude has a forward thrust and it has a sustaining, patience is this sustained fortitude. And it's actually true that, believe it or not, it's easier to be that, that like one action of like, is actually more, it's somewhat easier. I was having to know that. Like, we're just going to, like, take down this. It's very hard, but it's what's harder is the long suffering. The over, and I think that's most of it, what we need is those it's relationships, right? It's, it's not the one time I'm going to face off with this, you know, it's the over the years and over the months and the days and the years of long suffering is a virtue. Um, and then I'll leave you with this humor. Um, this was Laura Bell found this um, and this little drawing. It's a donkey in a bathtub, and she said to me, "I think this is what I'm like." <laughs> but what she says, saying here, is that we're all, we're all, we all need a bath. We're all just, and Sanders really love donkeys. It's a beast of burden. We're all just, you know, we all need it. It's like humorous. Like here I am again. I just need. Um, she wanted to put it outside the confessional. We're, we're not putting it outside. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to put it somewhere in my office. I mean, just to make us laugh, to go back to that, like, it's, it's 
you know, and the girls, the girls too, all of us, we feel like, oh my gosh, I've so failed. We haven't failed. We're trying. We have to keep a sense that, that realism. But we do need those human and supernatural tools to understand what we need. Um, so I just share that with you. Um, okay, so I'm, this is quite, quite long, but forgiveness is big.